following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. Bring it in. It is time for another edition of 83 Till Infinity. My name is Brown. Thank you for joining us. It is playoff time. The Sixers are in the playoffs. We are all excited. So we got a great show for you today. This week, we are talking to Anthony Gilbert of NBA.com and Hoops Magazine. We will also talk to my man, Adio Royster from LibertyBallers.com. Both of these interviews can be heard in their entirety during offense, defense, and discourse, which can be found on SoundCloud.com slash BITW Sports, as well as iTunes if you search Best in the World Sports Report. So without further ado, let's get into me and Mike Jones talking to Anthony Gilbert from NBA.com. Number three seed in the East, the Philadelphia 76ers, our home team, versus the Brooklyn Nets, the upstart Brooklyn Nets, the team who a lot of people would not have picked to make the playoffs this year. Mm. They may have picked the Hornets ahead of them or the Wizards or that dumpster fire in Washington, whatever is going on there. But I'm not going to talk about them today. That's an insult to dumpster fires. I'm not going to talk about them today. What we're talking about right now, Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets. I actually think this could be an interesting series. Mm. Embiid's status is still up in the air technically although he's likely to play he's going to play i agree i think so as well he's going to play i think honestly i think that's that is being blown way out of proportion i think there's no way game one of last last year was last year mhm true sure, La, indeed you know last year was last year this year is something different there's no way but the nets the nets did play the sixers tough. very tough mm-hmm. this season and they're hot. Now, it remains to be seen. But I don't think this is one of the – I wanted Orlando for Philly. Mm-hmm. I wanted I wanted the lesser of two Eagles because I think that the Nets are – they like the Sixers have a tough time defending a scoring guard like a Kemba Walker, <laughs> like a D'Angelo Russell, like, mm-hmm. like a Russell Westbrook. Like they have difficulty. Yeah, that and, was something we talked about right after the trade deadline. Yeah. But now – So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Well, let me put this on, on, on your head because I, I feel like they played for – they split the season series, but of those of that series, they really played this – the Sixers at full, full strength once, I believe, if that – how I mean, how much does that play a part? Because we're talk we're talking about, you know, the Sixers kind of struggled down uh, down the stretch, lost a few games. Now that the playoffs are here, they're going to come in. I think they're going to come in. Yes, they're banged up, but I think they're still going to come in full strength. I don't I don't see him be uh, missing time. 
So my question is, I don't how, either. How much? How much of that plays a difference? Now, now you're sitting. Now you're playing. Now with this team at full strength, the Nets have to deal with Jimmy. They have to deal with Tobias. They have to deal with Ben. They have to deal with Joel, and they have to deal with Reddit. Mm-hmm. Does that play a difference? Does that change the way you see this series? Embiid plays, I think the Sixers win it in five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No Embiid, I think the Sixers will win it in six, maybe seven. I just don't yeah. – I, The Nets have a dangerous backcourt. Yes. I'll give, I'll give yes. them at they least do. a game. And But the thing – I guess the thing was I agree, but then I, I can't get out of my mind the way the Sixers played them uh, a few weeks ago when they really deed up Russell mm-hmm. and Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. Mm-hmm. And I went, mm-hmm. and to me, that was probably the best game defensively they have had against those quick scoring guards that have given them trouble all season. Like that, to me, that that was the statement game out of all of them. Here you have a, a backcourt. I, I would that, agree with that. Yeah, you have a backcourt that, that puts up fifty points a game, and this is a team played their their best against them. And I, to me. I don't think it's that far out of the realm of possibility that that's what we see in this series. I don't think that's a well, far-fetched deal. The only, well, yeah, I agree. I think the Sixers' problem is their lack of consistency with their, you know, starting five. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it could come back to haunt them as they go forward. My biggest problem with Philly is, and, Michael, you alluded to how they – didn't really finish the end of the season too strongly. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's on coaching. You know, when they went to Atlanta and stayed in it and they lost, and then they stayed in Atlanta that night and then flew to Orlando and then lost, that's on coaching. That's on leadership because there's no way you stay overnight in Atlanta. Everyone knows of the nightlife in Atlanta. And everyone knows that players tend to catch the Atlanta flu, which <laughs> Ben Simmons did. And then they lost in Orlando. So it, I, I think that the championship coaches have champion. I mean, the championship teams have championship coaches and championship leaders, and it starts from the top. And I don't think that Brett Brown has what it takes to say, hey, this is what we're doing. It's late in the season. Let's get some wins. Let's secure home court. And, like, no, we're not staying in Miami. We're not staying in Atlanta. Like, we're not doing none of that. We're not staying in Toronto either. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I just don't think that he has – I don't think he has the iron fist that you need to guide a team. You know, people talk about the players, but a lot of it is leadership. A lot of it is infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And that's my problem with Philadelphia. It's more so off the court than on the court. Well, that I I can't argue. I do actually like Brett, Brett Brown as a basketball coach. As a leader, that's definitely still a question mark. Mm-hmm. But I also combine that with issues I see in the personnel as well. Not necessarily in the first round, but as they progress past the first round, I think there will be some personnel limitations that get exposed as well. Well, yeah, the lack of shooting 
not just Ben Simmons, but period. And then the continuity, you know, there are some things that, yeah, they had them on the Sports Illustrated cover and yeah, they look great, you know, on paper. But when you play against a team like Toronto or Milwaukee and you're trying to represent the Eastern Conference, like, I just don't see them being able to do that. I hear you. I, I hear you. So, as we as we wrap up this this part of the discussion, let's get to the predictions. Then I say okay. I I'll start it off. I'll, I'll say sixes and five. I'm gonna go sixes and six. I agree with Anthony on that lose. one. I'm yeah, going sixers and six. The They'll lose one, I think, in my opinion, because Brooklyn will have a hot game. And I think they'll lose one because the Sixers just have one of those Sixer-like inconsistent games. <laughs> I could see – I'll put it to you like this. I could see that game being game two. Game two, Sixers that lose That would be Monday the 15th. Mm-hmm. Mon- Monday night, I mm-hmm. could see the Sixers losing that game. That be the game they lose at home. And then they get – and they have some get right in Brooklyn, take two games from Brooklyn, and then uh, close it out back home. Because it's still just two TNT game, and I hope that Roz Gold on Woody is in Philly. That's I just figured I'd say that. <laughs> Can I tell you? That's that's something else. I'm glad you brought that up real quick. That's something else I hate about the playoffs. I wish there was. A, I, I wish or oh, not Roz. I don't hate Roz, but um, of course not. I I am not a I'm not a fan of this. One series the, the going two back weeks and forth. Gotta wait in between the games. Well, that on, and on I don't a, like go, I don't like network. going back and forth between networks. Like mm-hmm. if the if yeah, the series you, is going, you want some consistency. Yeah, right? if the series is going to be on TNT, let it be on TNT. Let the whole series be on TNT. I don't like one game on ESPN, next game on TNT. Give me one. Give me one network, one series. You know, I hear that. You know, s- split it up so you know. So it's not like TNT has all the Western Conference games and they get no East Coast games. You know, two and two. But I just I I, I do not like it when you split a series between two networks. Mm-hmm. But once again, that, uh, that's just that. me finding things to complain about because that's what I do. <laughs> I just can't just I can't just be happy. Yeah, that one per se doesn't bother me as much. As long as I as long as I don't have to listen to a crew I don't like. Okay. Well, you got you got ESPN on that Saturday game and got TNT on that Monday game, so you could potentially have like Have they announced the broadcast? I don't know. QB Brown, QB Brown and Mark Jones and Israel Gutierrez. So Mike, call it call it out. Who do you who who do you not want? See, you, you don't want Chris Webber, do you? No, it's not Webber. You can see it on my you face that Chris there's Weber. no crew. He can see it on my face at, sitting across from <laughs> me. He doesn't want Reggie Miller. You know, is, actually, it, is it Reggie? Actually, you're both wrong. Who is it that you don't I want? don't want Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. Oh, what? I am oh. not. What? I am not a Van Gundy fan at all. I think he's wrong about. I, like. I think Van Gundy's wrong about 70% of his basketball opinion. Oh, wow. I like Jeff Van Grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> And then he's always spitting out some crazy, far-fetched, half-baked idea on how to change, how to change the yeah. game or fix something or do something different. I, I, I like him. I right, like I, I like I like Van Gundy and Mark Jackson right where they are in the booth because yeah. every now and then, 
especially now because we want, you know, fans in this city want to fire Brett Brown over everything. Phillies lost last night, fire Brett Brown. <laughs> you know, Eagles don't sign who you want, That's fire true. Brett Brown. Everything, you, you know, everything comes back to fire Brett Brown. And then you, once you get into fire Brett Brown, then the question then says, well, who do you hire? And there's always somebody. I don't want either one of them. Exactly. Mark Jackson didn't want any part of the Sixers. Went out to Golden State. Didn't Mm. work out. Golden State then went out and won three championships with the next man. Well, now they're saying that um, Lottie Divac is is trying to get Monty Williams from the Sixers staff as his next coach of the Sacramento Kings. I have heard that as well. Um, It'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Always a good time with Anthony Gilbert. Remember, you can catch his work on NBA.com as well as in Hoops Magazine. Also, that entire interview can be heard on Offense, Defense, and Discourse with me and Mike Jones, which is available on SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports, as well as iTunes and Apple Podcasts if you search Best in the World Sports Report. Let's keep it going. Adio Royster from LibertyBallers.com called in, and we talked Sixers with him, so let's get into it. We got Philly and Brooklyn. Now, Brooklyn had Dinwiddie and and Russell. There, that's a that's a that's a solid backcourt. That's a solid. That's more than a solid backcourt. They're both good sized guards with a very varied skill set. They and can, they score in bunches. They can both play on and off the ball, mm-hmm. score in bunches, handle, shoot, pass, create plays for others. It can create difficulty for other te- other teams defensively because they are both so varied in what they can do on the court. Now, as we stated earlier, they split the uh, season series. I believe it was two games two games apiece, right? Yep, it's a mm-hmm. split. Split the game. Uh, but what they didn't do is play this current they only played the current Sixers team once. Mm-hmm. I asked Anthony. I asked Anthony this question earlier. Adio, I'm going to answer. I'm going to ask you this question. All right. How much do you? How much of a difference do you think it makes now that they're going to play a seven game series against Joel Embiid, who I completely believe is going to play? I don't believe he's, there's any chance that he's not playing game one. But they're playing JoJo. They're playing Tobias. They got Redick. They got Jimmy and they got Ben. How? I think it matters from just a pure talent standpoint. The the Sixers are very top heavy. They probably have the best starting five in the Eastern Conference right now. And this is even though Tobias has had a really rough last fifteen games. So I got some I got some notes on a on a legal pad here. Uh, his last 15 games, Tobias is only shooting 24.6% on his threes, and he shoots about four per game. Now, he shot 43% with the Clippers, and he's only shooting about 33 with the Sixers. It's not great. It's not, it's not horrific, but it's, it's not great. It's not where you want it to be. So that has me a little bit concerned. J.J. seems to have come off of his shooting woes from uh, a couple weeks ago, like two, three weeks ago, where he just couldn't hit anything. And again, like playing against a Sixers team that's just so top-heavy, the Sixers could be up double digits by halftime, which is great, but then again, I'm 
weary of them holding a lead against uh, that backcourt of D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie by himself, four games against the Sixers, he's averaging 24 points a game. And I had to double-check my math on this, but he's hit 11 out of his 18 three-point attempts against the Sixers. That's over 60%. That's That's an insane amount. The counterpart, D'Angelo Russell, the Sixers have gotten three different versions of Russell in four in four games. He had one 38-point game, he had one 21-point game, and then he had two games of 15 points or less. So with Russell, it just depends on what kind of game you're getting from him. If he is on, then D'Angelo and Dinwiddie are going to be a little bit of a problem throw Joe Harris in there and he's shooting close to 50% on his threes. And in his last eight games, Karis Levert is averaging 16 points a game. So they have a lot of wings that can score. That has, that has me a little concerned just a little bit. I mean, it's great. It's great practice. If they take Brooklyn out in five or six, I got the Sixers in six. And then moving on to Toronto when they have to play Kawhi and Kyle Lowry and Danny Green and all those boys up there. So it'll be it'll be decent practice. So let me ask you a question. With everything you just said about Brooklyn's backcourt and their wings, their ability to score on the perimeter, how important is Joel Embiid's health to this series, do you think? I think Jonah Bolden's been playing a lot better. So I think you should – hopefully you get more Jonah than you get Boban in the series because I just don't think that Boban is athletic enough to cover some of those guards when they start pick and rolling and switching on everything. Mm-hmm. So you saw that kind of against Boston the last time they played. The Celtics did everything they could to get – the smaller, more agile matchup on Boban when he was on the floor. So you might see a little bit more Bolden in this first series and possibly against Toronto too, depending on, on how many minutes they play Marcus Gasol. Now, the la- last game the uh, last game the Sixers played against Brooklyn was a was a win. Dinwiddie and Russell combined for 26 points, 13 points each. I thought they probably played them defensively the best that they have played, the young young athletic guards that they've struggled with so much. My question is, how much more of that do you think we could see in this series? Are we going to see that in this series? I thought they defended the pick and roll as probably as best as they have all season long and really D those guys up. Could we see that with the, with this roster going into this series? Could we see them Ding up the, and neutralizing this guard, these guards? Um, neutralizing. I see. I differentiate between neutralizing and slowing down. I think slowing down would be good enough. Okay. Um, you have somebody in Ben Simmons who let let's be real. If Ben Simmons isn't at least second team All NBA defense. I'm going up. I'm touring every every city that has a journalist in 
NBA voting for awards, I'm just straight smacking them in the face Yo, because they clearly have no idea what the hell is going All on. Right. They hey, don't know what they're watching. Yo, Jonesy and I are going to roll with you. We're probably going to put the whole thing on Facebook Live and because we, we, we need to see this. You need gas money, and you also need somebody to drive the car because you're probably going to have to calm down as we drive from place to place. But, no, I'm going to have I'm gonna have Scott O'Neill charter me a jet. That's nice. what's happening. <laughs> I bet he would do it, too. It's like no, well, like, like, cool we're, like that. we're we're doing this we're doing this efficiently. You know okay. what I mean? Um, well, if we're if you're going on a team jet, then I'm rolling with you. We're definitely rolling with you, and I'm we're down. bringing bags to take food with us. And I wrote about I wrote about this on Liberty Ballers the the quote unquote playoff Jimmy effect. <laughs> we haven't really seen playoff Jimmy in a Sixers uniform, but you've seen it with Chicago. You've seen it with Minnesota. He's Come playoff time, he tends to lock it down a hell of a lot better for whatever reason, be it rest or the simple fact that it's not back-to-backs so often or, you know, five games and six nights, that kind of thing. So when Jimmy, and not only that, but you're locking down on one specific team for however long the series goes. So you already know what you want to do against a defender night in and night out. There's really no change to anything. So I think that's going to hell. Embiid, they would have to amputate his leg for him to not play, and and even then he might try to he might try to play off some uh, Captain Ahab thing going on. Like you'll see Embiid out there with a peg leg. Like that's how badly he wants to play in game one. I've now I've said it now. I've said it throughout this show. I don't think there's any way. Joel Embiid is not out there on the floor for Game One. Do you agree? And one, you were at the press, you were at Elton Brand's press conference uh, the other night, right? I was. Okay. Did you get to say? I I thought he's pretty much without guaranteeing, without saying, you know what, he'll be out there and he'll be fine. I thought he pretty much said he made it pretty plain. Joel's playing. I was also there when Brett was talking about like it. Almost seems like he's still kind of in the dark. Like, there's no, like, I'm not saying there's no communication, but there's faulty communication. Like, somewhere there's a message that's not being communicated between the front office and the head coach. I don't know where it is, but this is something that we've seen for years now with regards to MB's health. It's always, you know, kind of cloak and dagger, like nobody's really 100% sure what's going on. Now, do you, I was which is actually, again, which is again why Brett Brown, which is it's got the the fire Brett Brown stands get me like so hype. I don't even want to get into it. But um, you, well, no, well, well, look, I'm just got, gonna I'm just gonna flat out say it on your podcast for the first time. You people are stupid. Just stop, stop it. You get no argument from me on that one. I'm 100 percent on board with you. But based on what you just said, I was actually going to ask. A, very related question. Do you think the Sixers are intentionally being vague about Embiid's health, or do you think there is just some uncertainty they just don't know? There could be some gamesmanship. There's something to that theory because, you know, Bill Belichick does this in New England all the time. So mm-hmm. there's that. So that's it's something that could be. It wouldn't surprise me if it was, but I, I mean, everybody in the league knows how good Joel Embiid is, so they all game plan for him anyway. I agree. 
Okay. I, 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 well, I'll, I'll put it to you like this. I, I, I understand the whole. I understand the, the reference and the comparison to Bill Belichick, but Brett Brown ain't Bill Belichick. He's and, not. And, and it's like that whole part, that whole aspect of it. You're doing too much. Just get the X's and O's down. Get your team ready. And there, there's no need to try and psych out, trying to outthink somebody. We don't need to do any of that. Just get the man ready. If if they can prepare for him, so be it. I think Joe LMB is such a good player. He's such a dominant player. It does, if he's at full strength, it does not matter. You know, it's not like the Nets have anyone to stop him anyway. Now, I want to throw this out there. I was scrolling through social media today, and I, oh, saw, man. I saw a clip of Chris Carter from First Things First on – FS1. And I'm scared to see where you're going with this. What Chris Carter So am I. What what Chris Carter said was in his opinion if Joel Embiid for some reason misses time in the first round, mm -hmm. the Sixers are primed to be the upset team of the first round. Would we give any credence to that? No. Uh, because let me just let me just point out this: uh, Brooklyn is league average in literally every category that counts. They're 15th in points per game. They're 18th in opponents' points per game. They're 11th in pace, which is something, but they're 19th in O rating and 14th in D rating. They have a 42 and 40 record. They are the epitome of league average. Like, that is exactly what this team is. There's no way the Sixers are losing to a team that is league average in basically every serious category. I felt the same way, but I thought I'd at least throw the question out there, <laughs> see if there was any chance I was wrong in what I was thinking. See, that's the problem with you two guys, man. That's that's that's, that's, that's something that's something you say clearly for ratings. That's that's, a, that's the yeah, only that's, reason you that's would say the, that. That's that's the problem with you two guys, both of you, and your clear thinking and your dependence on facts and <laughs> your wanting to deal with reality. It's so annoying. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. That's not what social media is for. No, what it's for is for overreactions. It's for calling for the coach's job with every time they play. It's called calling Ben Simmons, saying Ben Simmons sucks every time he doesn't shoot a jumper, even if he has 20 points, 10 rebounds, and 8 assists. Um, it's uh, What else is it? He's um, never going to be able to live down that one-point game he had against Boston. He's never living that down. Never. Which is a, which is a damn shame. It, it, uh, look, look, we, we have we – have, Jonesy and I have debated the we, – we, we don't even debate each other. We actually – because we're, we're on the same page with this. Mm -hmm. But we have talked at length of Ben Simmons' criticism. I sat here and just fed Jonesy all the Facebook group rhetoric that uh, of like a season and just let him go off. I just – you know, I was just giving him the pass, and he was just hitting jumpers. It was just like it, – it was it was a dribble <laughs> handoff all day, and he was just hitting them jumpers like J.J. You know – that, that deadly Joel Embiid, J.J. Reddick dribble handoff. <laughs> exactly. That, that's what it was. That, you know, he, he's the two-guard. I'm the setter, and that's all I was doing. I, I bring the ball. I, I'm at, I get the ball at the top of the key. I hand off the – I handed the rock to him, and he just hits that three. But, I mean – it is what it is. I mean, I just, I agree with you. You know, it's like, yes, this team loses something when they lose a part of that starting lineup. 
Mm-hmm. But let's be clear. You know, if if there was a way for the Brooklyn Nets to beat the Sixers, even without Joel Embiid, you know, that just speaks to a bigger problem, and that problem might not be there. I, you know, even without Joel Embiid, I don't see the Brooklyn Nets beating the 76ers four times. There's The only way the Nets beat the Sixers is if D'Angelo Russell averages 45 a game in the series. That is literally the only way that happens. He has to, yes, if D'Angelo Russell scores 45 and Dimwitty scores 25 and Joe Harris scores 20 and somehow on his way to the hospital, JoJo takes Ben and Jimmy with him, that would be how the Nets beat the Sixers. Look, I I think it'll I think it'll play out like this. If Brooklyn steals a game in Philly, the series goes six. If not, it goes five. We talked uh, we talked about this last segment, and this is my this is my prediction. I believe that Brooklyn will win Game Two. Brooklyn will win Game Two, and this city will lose their mind. They'll want to fire Brett Brown. They'll want to trade Ben Simmons. I believe Je- I, I believe Joel Embiid plays the whole series, but I believe Brooklyn will win t- uh, Game Two, and this city will lose their mind. Every and and that the, the fire Brett Brown brigade will be full tilt. They'll be marching down Broad Street with 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 torches and pitchforks, and then the Sixers get right and. Win the win the rest of the series. I have sixes and, and five, and I will be and and if that happens and everybody starts marching down to the Camden complex, I'll be standing in front like like Thanos with the Infinity Stones, just ready to snap everybody out of the way. Oh my goodness! I mean, it's it's ridiculous how extreme those swings and reactions go to me. Like one day we're winning the championship, next day. Fire Brett Brown, trade Ben Simmons, we stink. But and this is the last thing I'll say about Brett Brown. I've been saying it all season. How many games did the Sixers win this season? Oh, that'd be fifty-one. Mm-hmm. Okay. 51. Brett Brown won fifty-one games with his team, and he's had to restructure what he's done on the fly four times this season. He had to do it once because Lloyd Pierce went to Atlanta. He had to retool things again after the Jimmy Butler trade. He had to retool things again after after the Tobias Harris trade. And he had to retool it again after Billy Lang took the St. Joseph's job. He has had four different marginal changes to either his coaching staff or his roster this year, and he still won 51 games and is third in the East. Y'all need to settle down. Adil Royce is and, out here preaching now. And I, you hear that? Pass I, the collection plate. I would also like to remind hand. the people that while Joel Embiid is definitely the linchpin to what the Sixers do right now, he anchors the defense, and he's a dominant force on offense and the boards as well. Ben Simmons, arguably the most gifted basketball player on that team, Mm -hmm. is 22 years old. Right. (laughs) At 22 years old, I don't, you you can't, people say fire Brett Brown because a 22 year old turned the ball over. He's a 22 year old point guard. You're going to have a bad point, a bad turnover or two from time to time. A 22 year old point guard that wasn't playing point guard up until last year. 
True. At LSU, he was a power forward. Yeah, a 22-year-old second-year point guard. Correct. It's like everybody needs to relax. A, a seven, now, now, you've made a deal's made a point. You've made a point. Let me finish. Make let, let me make a point because we're all on the same page here. 22-year-old point guard who's really still learning the point guard position mm-hmm. and is just finished his second full year in the NBA gives you 18, 8, and 9. I will take that from a point guard. And back-to-back 51 seasons. Back-to-back 51 seasons. Mm-hmm. And Magic guard. and Magic wants to come in and tutor the kid. Magic Fine. <laughs> go ahead. Feel <laughs> free, Magic. You go right ahead. Magic Johnson quit his job so he can, so he can do this. I, I, I had a tweet about that this week. I saw... Mm-hmm. I saw Magic's statement about wanting to be the statesman mm-hmm. rather than like feeling yeah. handcuffed. Yeah. And, and my tweet was translated, I'd rather be working with a young Ben Simmons than trying to find guys to play with an old LBJ. I'll right. Take that. Exactly. I, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. That would finally be what makes me finally accept and love Magic Johnson. You know, Magic, Magic Johnson ben, 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 Simmons. Simmons, ben Simmons was in Magic's speech when he basically told the Lakers, yo, I quit this bitch. I'm done. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Come on, it's like, Magic, come on over to Philly. Come on over, you know what I mean? Put your winter coat on. Leave, a, leave that L.A. sunshine. Come over here to a cold Philly winter. Teach Ben Simmons and help us bring this championship home. Magic. He doesn't even, he doesn't even have to come for the winter. He doesn't – you come – during the summer months, yeah, you can nice you can jet summer. out in October. That's fine. It's nice in the summer here. Magic, come on out, come on out here. Put yourself, give, give him. A, you know, look, Camden in the summer is not that bad. It's definitely not as bad as it used to be, like yeah. twenty years ago. Yeah, you know, look, you just, you know, you gotta stay away from some places. But it's like Camden's not that bad in the summertime, man. Camden's Camden's nice. Shout out Camden. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. Look. I said I I have sixes and five. Anthony and Mike both said sixes and six. Adil, what say you? Give me sixes and five. I think they take both games in Philly, and I think Brooklyn takes game three. Yeah, I went sixers and six simply because I think Brooklyn, I'll give them credit with their backcourt enough that I think Dinwiddie and Russell can put one good game together. And then conversely, I think the Sixers are also having one game where they just – Show some inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. So I'll give Brooklyn two games in the series, but I still think the Sixers win it. I don't want to say easily, but a as easy as six games can be. All right. Yeah. All right. I would I would say the average margin of victory for the series is probably going to be something around eight or nine. Once again, that was Adil Royster from LibertyBallers.com. Always good to have him on the show. Great show today. We are going to enjoy playoff basketball. I understand a lot of people are tied up into this whole Joel Embiid injury thing. And yes, it is a story. However, I will believe that Joel Embiid is not playing when I see Joel Embiid in a suit and a Phantom of the Opera mask on the sideline while game one is playing. Until I see that, I truly and honestly believe that Joel Embiid is playing. I truly believe that there is no way he does not play. Now, I understand that there's there's a good chance that by the time you hear this podcast, it's all been changed and it's all set in stone. I'll be wrong. 
feel free to hit me up. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at BITW Sports, and say, Brown, you were dead wrong. But until then, I believe Joel Embiid is playing, and I believe that the 76ers will win this series in five games. Until then, hey, you guys enjoy playoff basketball. Enjoy the second straight playoff season for this 76ers team. Let's all enjoy the game. We will be back next week for another edition of 83 Till Infinity. Once again, if you have a question or comment, hit us up at any time on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BITW Sports. You can hear this podcast and all our other podcasts on SoundCloud.com slash BITW Sports and on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Just search best in the world sports report my name is brown thank you for joining us for 83 till infinity we'll see you next time let's go six you feeling this podcast to hear this and more go to soundcloud.com slash b-i-t-w sports or on itunes or apple Podcasts and search best in the world sports